When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my God. You've got all your Charger gear on because you're feeling fresh as hell. Well, you guys better enjoy it. The fans loved it. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and Together. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together, we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for some good content. <laughs> Greetings, Charger Chat fans. Welcome back to the Charger <laughs> Chat. I'm your co-host, Wooldog, sitting with my buddies, Kev Hug and Duggan. Hey, guys, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. Let's not forget Kyle, the coach, Duggan. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, My normal <laughs> intro, I need to give a shout out to the Snappies, Senor Ooh. and Senora. Um, Their wedding is tomorrow. They're <gasps> now, they what? will be a married couple. Oh, yeah, my and goodness. They asked me They've to, been living they, in sin. <laughs> they, asked, they asked me to do their ceremony, so I get to go do that tomorrow. Oh, and awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. So it's gonna I can't be fun. wait to see the video of that. You got anything yeah. sweet planned for him? Uh, we'll see. I, I will say, I saw I saw Senor Snappy's uh, suit. He has like a color rush Charger like oh. royal blue suit. Oh man, That's sick! Yeah. What a oh, boss! Oh man, yeah. So go give them some love on Twitter and give them a congratulations. So happy Hell for you yeah. guys! Congratulations, yeah, Snappies! Yeah. Tie in the knot. Congratulations. That's awesome. Um. All right, well, fuck, I guess that's the end of the show. Everybody, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I'm just kidding. We teased it last episode. We've got a mock draft to do uh, because you guys won't leave us alone. Kevin's really uh, stressed about it. <laughs> he is sweating bullets over there. Um, and as always, we've got a Craig experience and a Bolt history to look forward to. But let's just get let's just get right into it because that's what y'all are here for, right? You want to know you what can't us, wait to hear the our, professionals our have to pick yeah. for the mock draft. Um, all right. So, and, and we, and it's not just going to be us three. Nope. No, 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 no. We have a special guest uh, that will be coming Pro. in to join us. Well, let's just, just oh, tease it. Let's, okay. let's tease it. You know, okay. Let's, see what you're doing. I mean, if we're just going to jump right in, I mean, okay. let's just tease some of it. So, all right. <laughs> all right. So round one for the 2022 draft pick 17. Who's it going to be Kyle? Yeah. I, Again, I need to preface this with I freaking hate yeah. mock draft. But <laughs> well, that, everyone knows that. Everyone knows everyone that. Knows that. Just, and we are so deep into round one that there's just no for sure way to go like, right. oh, it will surely be about, this guy. 
Yeah, we've talked about how like it's so much best pay- player, best payer available, player available. Yeah, it's it it very much is a best player available. So I'm just gonna take the player that I really want, and this is like me just being a fan. I love that the guy watches horror movies before games to get in character mm-hmm. and that he's just a bully. I know he has penalties. I don't care. I just, I really don't <laughs> care. It, it, and when this guy has a couple personal foul penalties, I, in my head, I'm going to be like, yep, I knew that was coming. That's okay. Because nobody right. else on our offensive line does that. This guy's just going to be scary, angry, mean, and piss people off. And I absolutely love it. You might and get so, some penalties in return too. Yeah, well, yeah, because he's going to get away with some. He's going to be the aggressor. Mm. He's going to get away with some, and then some people are going to throw a punch because they just hate Trevor Pinning. So I'm taking Trevor Pinning tackle at NIU at set number 17. Excellent. I like it. I like it. I, I, yeah, I mean, there there's certainly some, as you mentioned, the penalties being a concern. I, I do think that, obviously, it, it, when you move, it, it's not going to be a constant thing. Is it going to happen? Sure. It'll happen once or twice. But when you go to a professional league and you're getting paid millions of dollars, yeah. You got to keep that shit under control. Right. So lock it uh, up. Lock it the f- up. Just so. change the movie you're watching. Like just, just not yeah. as intense of horror right. movies. You know, yeah. More so, of like a sneaky, like a serial killer yeah, thing. Like, don't get yeah, caught. Yeah. Get away with it. <laughs> don't yeah. get caught. Can you imagine Watch those for inspiration? <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. in the stance, and you just go Zodiac <laughs> killer type star. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. No yeah. one knows anything. You're doing no. it in their dreams. That's right. Yeah. So. I, I do kind of like that. I like the idea of Rashawn Slater, who just was total badass last year, and then Trevor Penning on the other side of like, wh- like who it, are you going to go for, buddy? Like it's, it's kind of like your yin and yang on the offensive line because Rashawn Slater is like this quiet, hardworking, exactly like tactician, does everything right, and then you have Trevor Penning that's just a mad a dog, screw loose. punch right. your mom in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, he's just a maniac. Yeah, and he plays right tackle, and you have this yin and yang, and they can balance each other out. Right, and maybe Rashawn gets a little more aggressive, and Trevor gets a little bit more aggressive in between the whistles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I there like you go, pick, Coach. Trevor like Penning pick. for Kyle. Kev, who is your round one pick? So the question is, if he falls to us, I really hope he does. Because mm-hmm. just this, assume he does. I'm I'm thinking about all the people that if they call this name, I would have an immediate like, oh wow, that we just got so much better at that position. <laughs> like I like I have no doubts in my mind we're gonna get better at that position. <laughs> I know. I thought you were gonna say you were gonna get an erection. <laughs> like, I thought you were gonna say there's no other name that would be called. This would that be bone inducing reaction. Yeah, Boner inducing for sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm going with uh, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, Jordan Davis. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's has a chance to get there with all the stuff people are talking about him. Yeah, for he's, sure. But all the stuff people are forgetting, Georgia was stacked, and he didn't need to consistently be in that lineup. He would go in there yeah. on the rundowns and just annihilate people. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that. I want to see somebody that, just imagine that with, we're not even playing a three-man front. That with another guy next to him, with Day next to him, then your edge rushers. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. Right. Just give yeah. up. Just quit. Just going to mow him down. So I'm I'm counting on him being there at 17, and that's who I, I really want in this draft. Nice. All right. What you got, Wooldog? Well, I to, to, to preface for this, I don't know jack diddly about 
much. Um, <laughs> this is no oh, exception. Stop. So, but I just want to say, uh, so to prepare for this, I did, I did a mock draft. I just like Google search mock draft. And I just like picked like the top five sites and did like just so I could have like a variation yeah. because I just don't know yeah, who's going to be there or who who's projected to be 100%, there. Right. And so out of those drafts, there was one name that popped up more than once. Other than that, like it was a different name every freaking time. Yeah, I know. Some people have us receiver, D yeah. all over tackle, D tackle, yeah, edge rusher. Who knows? Who knows? So this guy showed up more than once. So I'm I'm saying this so you don't rub my nuts in it, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Jordan Davis. Okay. <laughs> so I, and it just, I mean, somebody that was got hyped up really quick too. Like I didn't know who this guy was prior to the draft. Like I had no clue. I just, I don't watch a lot of college ball. So yeah. when that gets pointed out and you see the highlights and you see what, and what was, he was the one that had the crazy fast runtime, right? Like, yeah, he's yeah. an insane athlete. Yeah. Absolutely insane. athlete. The guy's a mountain of a man. All of his highlights, he seems to be getting double teamed and they just like throws them away like they're tissue. Like it just doesn't seem to phase him one way or the other. So I I do like the idea of like Kevin described, like that front of you've got Mac and Davis and uh Day and uh Bosa. Bosa. Yeah. Holy shit. Like what like what do you do? Like you have to just like nothing. dump it out you can't like do every anything. time. Can't, can't do, do nothing. So you guys are going to draft your boy Fahoko right off the squad. No, he's, he's staying. I'm not worried about Fahoko. Fahoko's yeah. in. Yeah. Don't Davis can do every, every, every if, if you If you weren't worried about Fahoko, you wouldn't be drafting. I'm not worried about Fahoko. It's all about best player available. That's why, like, when I say, like, when I did this draft, he is the name that popped up more than once. I've yeah. seen him going yeah. to the Vikings, like, in previous drafts. Like, I saw Vikings right. picking him up. So, we just, just it's don't so know. crazy because we just don't, like, I saw some Kyle Hamilton, who's the the safety out of mm-hmm. Notre Dame, that like a lot of he people was in had one of them. Top, yeah. top two draft, and now he's like falling into the late teens. And I'm like, yeah. Wait, what, what reason? Right. It's just like, I don't know. Who knows? It, well, it's all Nobody fans knows. that are doing these mock drafts yeah. and people that think yeah, they know all, what their us. team needs. Like, exactly. People it's like Kyle Brandt. He has <laughs> no idea what he's doing. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what we're picking. Let's go to our special guest. Who? Let's see. Who is it? You'll see. Tell me. Craig. <laughs> what? Craig. Craig. Okay, so first, allow me to preface these picks by saying that there's a very good chance that the Chargers will be moving Matt Filer to right tackle and also possibly signing, in my opinion, Akeem Hicks after the draft in free agency to rotate with a Jerry Tillery at that four-eye spot. So now my picks probably make a little bit more sense. But without further ado... Uh, with the 17th selection in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft, your Los Angeles Chargers select Daxton Hill, safety corner hybrid out of Michigan. So real quick explanation behind that. I refer to him as do it all Dax because yes, he can do just that everything, whether you want him to play the safety role deep in the box, have him play that star role. He can also serve as your future replacement for Michael Davis if he walks next year because literally the dude can do everything including play outside cornerback and he's probably a better corner than he is safety just saying there you have it well right. shit yeah who is that <laughs> I trust you, I trust you, Craig. I really do. Oh, he, yeah, yeah you definitely need to go to his uh, YouTube page because I think he yeah. did a 
proper breakdown on this channel. Yeah, go check out Charge It to the Game, uh, his YouTube page, because he does break down in much more detail why he picks that guy. And it makes sense. Like it, it's somebody that, you know, like if we were to trade down in any situation, you could still get that guy and potentially more picks. Cause I mean, most of the drafts that I see have him going either late first round, early second round. So um it, would it be a reach to get the guy at 17? I mean, he compared him in, in his video to Tyron Matthew. Like he's got the measurables and the athleticism. And so getting a Tyron Matthew on a on a rookie deal could be could be an explosive pick. So um awesome. so hey, yeah. No who saw that coming? None of you, Craig I guarantee did. it. Yeah, Craig. Tommy saw D, it. maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe Tommy D. Ninja Tommy maybe on that Dax, that Dax trail too. That's right. So um okay, well. As we all know, we don't have a round two. <laughs> and none of us traded back. Well, I guess oh, one Kevin's of us traded back. <laughs> so we know trade, Kyle didn't, I didn't, and Craig didn't. But Kev Huggin Doug apparently <laughs> made some deals. So what do you got there, Kev? So here's where I think. I think this is an opportunity to go back, go up and get a right tackle. Um, there's not after this next gentleman, there is a huge fall off from what I've seen and mm. from what I, what I've seen. Um, so I think, you know, you never know what, you know, we kind of gave some shade to, you know, Bill Belichick last episode, Kyle and my dad kicking his ass. So I think, you know, he might be open and willing to trade, trade with us. The Patriots are sitting with the 54th pick. Okay. Um, I think we can move up and, grab our offensive tackle. I don't know what that would entail. Um, probably our third, something later, maybe something next year. Um, but it gets you into a realm of having a right tackle that is a stud. Plug and play. Uh, Abraham Luke, Lucas, the offensive tackle out of Washington State is kind mm. of who I kind of pinned for that. I lo- I love pinning. I just, I, I don't know why I didn't go with him. Like, mm. I don't know why. I, I'd be super happy if it was pinning, but there's something about Jordan Davis I want a little more. So mm. I think that would be a good move for the Chargers to jump up. And they've done it before. They went up and got uh, um, Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray. Thank you. Sorry. My brain's not working. <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> panicked. I'm not good at mock drafts. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. So that's, that's who I got in okay. second round. And we I will not have a third round pick. Okay. Well, I, wild card. I, I've done wild a couple. Uh, one of my mock drafts had him dropping to the third so if you i think if you reach up in the second i don't think he's might be a bit of a reach but i mean these are all crazy mock drafts that you don't know we're not jumping up to the front of the second round with this it's the 50 54th right i think that secures you getting this guy sure i mean if he's the guy if if i mean they've obviously done way more research than we have so if they feel like that he's the guy and they're willing to make that move then that's what we will see but i just want some more beef and sure. that's the best beef yeah. available at yep. that second round. After that, it's kind of the Trey Pipkinsy kind of players, and I don't, I don't mm. know. All right, okay. Well, uh, with the third round pick, uh, Kyle, who are you feeling? Yeah. So, um, I, I think we talked about this in the last episode. I think we're we're good in a good position with the wide receivers, mm-hmm. but we are missing a dynamic piece that like quick twitch. Yep. Just get the ball to him quick and let him go get 10, 15 yards. Or if you have to dump off, which um, that's what the great quarterbacks do. They dump off a lot when the thing's not there deep. Um, I, I think a piece like that would be good. And you could pick him up here 
And it could be a potential return guy after we, I mean, we signed a guy, but to a one-year deal. So I have Calvin Austin out of Memphis. Mm. Um, I talked about him a little bit after the senior bowl. Uh, he's a smaller body type guy, but it's just really quick. Gets the ball and gets out really fast. Um, so Calvin Austin, Memphis. Okay. Um, oddly enough, I didn't pick a BSU guy this year. Oh, I, wanted I wanted you. to. I wanted to because I saw yeah. uh, Shakir sitting there in the third in most of my drafts. But I was like, I, I felt like wide receiver just isn't that big position of need. And I don't. Yeah. I, and when it gets to the third round, I don't know who's going to run who's fast, who? who's going to be zippy yeah. and everything like that. So there very well could be a zippy wide receiver there. But is Shakir that guy? I don't think so. I don't think he's quite has that speed. So I didn't pick him and there weren't any other big BSU players sitting there. So I picked a guy that was also out of Memphis, uh, but he is on the offensive line and that is Dylan Parham guard out of Memphis. Um, in one of the drafts that I did, he was sitting there uh, from the the bit of research that I read about him, which <laughs> we all know was the Cliff Notes version. Um, he he seems like a guy that can can fill into that guard position I know that right tackle seems to be the biggest issue of need, but we also don't really know what's going to happen with the guard position. We know that Matt Filer was filling one side. The other side was Odeabushi, but we haven't filled that up yet. Could it be Hymas? Don't know. We didn't really see much of him last year. Could right. he have gotten better? Maybe, but it's still kind of a question mark. So I think guard in that position could at least shore that up. And I think if you've got a solid guard sitting between Storm Norton and Corey Lindsley, or if it if they decide to move Filer out to right tackle and put the other guard in the other position, either way, I think it's a more versatile position that still needs to be filled and still needs to be looked at. So there you go, Dylan Parham, and let's take it over to Craig to see who he picks for oh, round three. Who we're gonna pick, and with the 79th selection in the third round of the 2022 NFL Draft, your Los Angeles Chargers select Kelvin Austin the third. Memphis, wide receiver. What else do I need to say about the dude? Speed, speed, ludicrous speed. Explosive, explosive, explosive. Takes care of that need. Also doubles as a return man. He may only be five foot eight, but the dude played 90% of his snaps at outside wide receiver at Memphis. So there's that. And he can also be a gadget guy as well. So Covers multiple bases, so that's crazy, crazy value. And um, he's a one-play touchdown waiting to happen. Makes sense to me. Great minds yeah, think alike. Do you guys Makes share sense notes? To me too, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Good Lord. Like, I mean, it was almost verbatim. I felt like I was just hearing the same thing over again. That's crazy. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, you know, could we go all seven rounds? Sure. Would it be no worth your time? Nope. No, no. I'm going to be honest with you. There's other podcasts that are more equipped to help you with that. We're not that. Well, we, they're just more invested in guessing than us. Right. Because yeah. it's all it is. It's a full-blown guess. Full-blown guesses. So we all know why time, we're here. Dick a lot of fart time, jokes. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of time spent on guys that are probably not going to be on your team in a couple of days. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I remember like two or three years ago, I used to put together these promo edits of players yeah. we wanted. I spend all these time on, all this time on them and then they'd go we wouldn't pick them and I just delete it off our whop, YouTube. Like, whop, I, like I don't want whop. I don't want that out there that that exists. So yeah, yeah I just I've kind of taken a step back. That's it's probably for the better. Body yeah. roll back. 
I'll mm. go back into that later on. Mm. Goodbye, everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, the this last draft, I think we got embarrassed with riches with getting Rashawn Slater, and then we all wanted Asante Samuel Jr. and and lo and behold, he fell to us, and we picked him up. That was fun. So that that was awesome, Lanny. Those first two picks, and then after that, it was like who and I don't know why? who this Palmer. is and why. Oh, yeah, Palmer, yeah. <laughs> stud. Yeah, I mean, I, nothing against Palmer. It's just he wasn't on... He was not on anyone's, anyone's radar. radar. So no. um, it will be interesting to see what the Chargers do come draft day. Uh, it's less than a week away at this point. So um, it's just going to be exciting because I think we're going to see some... We're going we're gonna to see more of Staley's picks, I think, coming out of this. And so it's going to be... It's going to be fun. So tune in on Thursday for the first round pick. Um, and if you want to see something else fun, go on over to chargerchat.com, nice. <laughs> check out some fun stuff we've got over there, like shirts and hoodies and stickers and, uh, oh my, oh my. yes, <laughs> check it all out. Uh, check out the member section where you can chat it up with other charger chatteteers and ask questions and ask both fam. So go check it out. Chargerchat.com. And now let's go on to the real meat and potatoes of the Craig experience. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Kevin Duggan. Oh, I did it earlier. I, wait, I, I emptied dip. my I emptied my oh yeah tank. Oh yeah. Oh. Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. The oh, great experience. Hello there. Make yourself at home. Got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. Thank you. Thank you. CC gang. Big old salute to the rest of the boat fam. What is going on? She got Craig in Texas, AKA your Chargers true broker, AKA Mr. Boat Ganger don't bang. You already know what it is. Welcome to another edition of the Craig experience. Let's get into it. Now, being that we are less than a week away from the big show, as I like to call it Christmas in April, you know, that grand time when uh, all football fans alike gather together, commune in one large space and at their homes, various places, bars, or at the event itself, which is in Vegas this year, the uh, NFL draft. And all of our hopes and dreams for the last few months since the season has ended have culminated into now this one event. We get to see if all of this back and forth banter about what we think is best for the team actually comes into play. We get to see where we're completely wrong because a lot of the times that's exactly how things end up or how spot on we are, how lucky we get, what players actually end up falling that have no business, yada, 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 yada. You know how the story goes. It's just a grand old time. And with that in mind, and being that we're so close to the date, I figure, hey, maybe we should kind of start piecing together some of the uh, little droplets here and there we've gotten sprinkled from our fearless leader, Mr. Brandon Staley, and see if we can't start connecting some dots and get a general direction of what we think may happen kind of early on here in the draft. We don't have to go through a whole seven rounder. You know, who's got time for that? Just talk about some of uh, positions that need maybe even some compliments to positions that kind of maybe your strengths at this point already, but makes sense to back up and solidify. So we all know what like the elephant in the room is right now. It's like, what the hell is going to happen at offensive tackle? Mm. My thought process here is that 
since they haven't been super active in the offseason about signing any free agents, could they be looking to draft an offensive tackle? Yeah, but the offensive class is pretty top-heavy at that position, and I wouldn't necessarily count on another Rashawn Slater fall happening for one of the top guys. If it does, all bets are off. We'll see how that goes. But if we're being realistic about it, the tier two drop-off in the offensive tackle class ain't all that pretty. Now, you can get yourself all hyped up on athletic scores and everything like that when it comes to some of these dudes, but nothing outdoes the tape. And uh, there's some rough film on some of these cats. A couple guys I want absolutely nothing to do with. You probably already know who I'm talking about, so I'm not gonna make mention of it, but um, there's one guy in particular I want no parts of. But I digress. If we're looking at maybe what the plan is going forward, personally, I would love to see them just go ahead and move Mr. Filer over to right tackle. Uh, pretty sure that's where he started off in Pittsburgh. Played very well there. Give him an opportunity to line up to maybe uh, next to an Odell Bushi. If they plan to resign him or if you want to bring in a young guy, cool. All good. But give yourself some options there. Don't pigeonhole yourself into a pick at that position that early because mm, if somebody you really want doesn't end up falling there then you reach and generally that doesn't work out all that well for the Chargers so I would say maybe steer away from OT in round one if you want to do something with the younger cat with that third round selection okay I mean I'm I'm better with that I think there's just too much top end talent that's going to be available around that 17 pick so I wouldn't really want to fool with the second tier offensive tackle. <clears throat> now, again, I'm a guy who likes to pay attention to detail. I listen to things, overanalyze pretty often. Sometimes it gets me in trouble. My wife hates it. But uh, if we are to pay attention to anything that Brandon Staley said this offseason is that he wants to compliment Derwin, similarly to the way he did uh, Justin Herbert last offseason. If you want to do that, my opinion is you get another hybrid safety slash corner dude. And those are going to be available in the first round. Probably or safe bet. One or two will be there around 17. And maybe it's not such a bad idea to consider if there are any takers trading back into the 20s where one or two of those same guys will probably still be available and then you can recoup that second round pick maybe if you trade back far enough into the 20s or at worst an additional third rounder and i think that's kind of like the sweet spot of this draft anyway because it's pretty uh you know solid with edge rushers got some good corners there so makes sense but uh if i had to guess i'm thinking probably safety corner hybrid in the first round but again it makes sense if you want to continue to arm derwin seems like a direction to go in now as far as the uh edge position is concerned which we know gets pretty light after joey after khalil mack um chris rumpf probably feels like another year or so away after he gets some good weight put on him um he flashed a little bit last season he may step up and play a bigger role this year. It remains to be seen. Hopefully he does. I mean, we would love that. But in the event that he's not quite there, there's some pretty decent talent going into the third round, maybe even into the fourth. 
So being that that person is going to be a rotational developmental guy anyway, you don't need to spend a first round pick on that. Now, if there's a dude there in the first round that you can't pass up on, cool. How much playing time is he going to get with Khalil Mack out there, though? I mean, that would be a hell of a rotation if you get a first-round pick, that type of talent, to mix into, uh, you know, a rotation with Joey, Khalil, kind of move him around a little bit. Cool. But might be a little rich for early on for someone who probably won't see a ton of playing time. Uh, so then after that, there's the corner position because we also know how much Staley values the cornerback room. I mean, he wants the team to be considered a cornerback operation at a high level. There's some really nice stuff to be had in the middle rounds at corner. Some developmental dudes with some crazy, crazy athleticism who maybe didn't play against the highest level of competition, and some of them did. There are a couple dudes in the SEC that are probably going to be available in, say, round four or five that, I mean, with the year or two, under the tutelage of this coaching staff and the emphasis that they put on that particular position could end up being some real players. And we don't really know about the future of a one Mr. Michael Davis moving forward from some of the things that we've heard. Wouldn't be shocked if this would be kind of like his swan song season. We'll see. Of course, we all want the dude to succeed, man. We like Vato. And um, he's made some big plays here in the past. And, you know, we'll just see how that goes. But he's got an opportunity this season, hopefully, to put his best foot forward again, stay healthy, and the worst-case scenario, you get another dude at that spot, and it helps to solidify the cornerback room also. All good stuff. I'm not hating on any of it. After that, it's kind of crapshoot. Except there's one, one big glaring hole that I think we all know about. That hasn't gotten a ton of shine here. Not a lot of people are talking about it, but it's actually on the offensive side of the ball. Well, actually, two. We can talk about uh, having a speed wide receiver, which is probably something that you could also get in that third round. There are a couple dudes there, but it's not really what I want to focus on. Let's talk about running backs. Who's RB2? Mm, we saw Mr. Austin Eckler beg and plead for someone essentially to come in and be the guy behind him, take some some of the snaps off of him, give him a little bit of a break because even though he's a brick crap house, uh, he's built like one. You see how this dude's a workout warrior and some of the ridiculous lifts he's able to do at his size and, you know, Mr. Pound for Pound, he's still, you know, a five foot, eight, five foot nine running back around 200 pounds he's not built to carry the load if you can get somebody to come in there and compliment him with somewhat of a similar skill set maybe a bigger back that can take a little bit more of the load great um i'm not sure what the plan is with the current depth chart at running back um you know joshua kelly um also uh larry roundtree And they weren't really able to take the bull by the horns last year in their backup roles. And uh, they were given opportunities, didn't necessarily pan out all that well. And uh, there could very well be some talent there available, again, in the middle rounds for you to select from. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily want to have to draft another running back. But from what we've been told, just from things that Staley has said in you know, some of the interviews here in the offseason, that they weren't all that 
I guess pleased with the running back pool and free agency. Some of the contracts we've seen go with a couple dudes going to different teams that seem like they would have been really good fits for the Chargers have gone elsewhere. And so, again, that crop has gotten much smaller. So you don't want to have to really spend any real bread on a, a vet running back if you don't have to, unless it's something nominal. Just go ahead and take another swing at it in the draft. And again, like I said before, there's some talent to be had there in the middle rounds. Uh, you know, as far as cats like uh, Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati is one. Also, uh, Pierre Strong Jr., South Dakota State. Both guys, I think, would be really good compliments to Austin Eckler and right out of the gate should be able to produce. Even if that is on special teams also, which they would probably have to play a little bit of to get some run. But either way, I think it works out. That's it for me. I won't hold you good people up any longer. Fellas, I do have a question this week, though. Let's dig deep here. Give me a name that maybe not at the front of everyone's mind. A player that you think can come in and make an immediate impact in year one that might be like a mid-round guy. Let me know what you got there. Interested to see how you feel and who uh, you are banging the table for there. But until next time, y'all know what it is. It's Mr. Bolt Gang or Do Not Bang. Mr. T-O-P underscore F-L-Y-T-3 over on Twitter. And catch me on my YouTube page. It's uh, the Flight Deck. Charge to the game. Growing over there, so appreciate you guys for checking me out here, there, everywhere else to see me. Until the next time, y'all take it easy. Okay, love you, bye. Craig, you dirty... <laughs> you know that this is a podcast of a bunch of goofy buttholes... And you go and ask some kind of technical question. Craig, we Craig. gotta stop the show. Craig, just to answer you your we, question. Craig, what do you think we bring you on this show, my guy? You're <laughs> that guy. You're the guy. If you needed a pat on the back, we would have given it to you. You don't have to set Mother. us up for failure like oh, this. Oh shit! We love you, Craig. We love, love you, you, Craig. All right, um well, all right. Our, so <laughs> our sleepers. here's our sleepers that we've been doing massive uh, amounts of homework on uh, and uh, watched God. all the tape all right i'll go first go for it go first. uh fourth rounder I, I recently was listening to a podcast i heard about this guy and i looked him up a little bit basically <laughs> <laughs> a little bit I, I literally i was like oh shit i gotta find somebody who did i hear uh, about to a podcast and, <laughs> yeah uh, I heard Let me steal somebody else's guy, take so, real, real right. quick. Like these are 100 percent our thoughts it's and a, our thoughts. It's alone. <laughs> another tight end, monster, another Parham level size, speed, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, Jelani Brown, he's a tight end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know his position. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, he ran He's the a fast. Tight end. I'm giving. I was going to give you the bullet points. So He's from Colorado. Up. He ran a four six one forty yard dash. <laughs> Second fastest of all tight ends in this draft. He's a mall. He's a big guy yeah, with good hands. Just killed it, dude. <laughs> Thanks, man. I get paid for this. <laughs> No, but oh. I think if you're looking at it, like, I don't know. If you're looking for a tight end, that's the guy. Fourth round could be a good steal. <laughs>
Oh, God. All right, who's up? Let me pick. I went first and embarrassed the <laughs> shit out of myself. Who's next? <laughs> oh, uh, man. You're up. All right. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that this guy's a diamond in the rough or somebody that nobody's talking about. <laughs> so it doesn't really answer your question, Craig. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a mid-round guy. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I would be pretty... It'd be weird to say that I'd be pumped about this because he's a punter. But I would be pretty pumped considering that he's just one of those generational talents at the position, but Matt yeah. Areza, um out of S- San Diego State. So I don't have an article to read on what his talents are or his, <laughs> <He's> <laughs> his vertical leap, but... Uh, yeah. But I mean, from all the videos that I've seen, the guy just punts like a madman, like just yeah, they, insane. They, they call him the punt god. Well, who else would be up there with him? Like who else punts like that? Nobody. So oh, I know that we're going to be going for it on fourth god. just about every time. But uh, when it does come time to punt, wouldn't be bad to have the punt god on the roster. So. <laughs> the highest paid punter that punts once a game. Let's hey, go. Let's go. I'm all for it. So how about you, Kyle? Who did you research? <laughs> <laughs> what podcast did you listen to? <laughs> Oh, I got a long, I got a long snapper. Oh shit! <laughs> oh god! You got a long snapper. Uh, oh, no, I don't. No. Oh, okay, so this kid actually—he's from San Ooh. Diego. Um, I actually remember watching in San Diego. We have a, a highlight every Friday night. They put out like a highlight reel of all the games going on around the county called Prep Pigskin Report, and they do like a, um, a highlight. And so this kid was just out of control. Good. His name's C.J. Verdell. Um, he's a running back. He played it. He's a running back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he ended up going to, he, he, ended, he ended up going to Oregon. So let me wait until this giggles over. I'm, I'm uh, listening. I promise. Yeah, it's Oregon. Good, oh, in. God. Yeah, yeah. Oregon. Yeah. So CJ Verdell ended up going to Oregon. Um, <sighs> but he, he, I, I think he would be considered a sleeper. We, like Craig said, we do have a need at that running back position. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, but what we've tried to do over and over again is get a complimentary back, right? Get a big bruiser that complements our ob- obviously undersized um, Eckler, like yeah. undersized stud yeah. offensive threat, not a running back. Right. Um, but instead of doing that, like let's just find another guy that is the same type of body, split the carries, but you can continue the offense as is. Um, maybe that will be a little bit more of a seamless transition. And CJ Verdell is definitely a lighter body guy, but he's got that straight line speed. If you get him in open space, uh, he's going to take off. So um, he played with um, Justin Herbert at Oregon. Done. Um, Sign him up. Yeah, Let's go. Right. Sign him up. Right. Go. He's got the familiarity. Here we go. Um, so he's, he's a late, late round guy, maybe like a six round guy that you could get that I think has some ability to improve and get better. Um, we've seen guys come out of Oregon that didn't perform to their greatest and then all of a sudden blow up, right? And Justin Herbert. So, yeah, man, brother. Um, so yeah, that's that's a guy because I saw him play in high school and I saw how ridiculously good he was. Um, I think it'd be cool to have a CJ Verdell on Chargers. All right. Good. Wait, if we <clears> just wrap that, that up was probably Ross the Kyle. most solid answer out of the three. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, and he brought in like he actually saw him in high school. Right. Like, wow. That's why all you're right. the coach. And that you're is the why Craig. you are the coach. Yeah. The coach and the Craig. <laughs> 
Um, all right. Well, there you go, Craig. I hope we answered that for you. <laughs> Craig, no more questions. <laughs> no more surprise Don't questions. Let us just let us just compliment. Let us face. listen yeah. to some podcasts before you ask these questions. <laughs> We broke Kevin. <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. We don't. All. We don't. We're just we, here to we, have fun. Get up on the draft. No, not not thing, we'll guys. see who we The get. sooner it's over, the better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, gang. Well, I don't know how you could top that, but it's time to go on to the next segment. <laughs> it is Bold History with Mike Modlin. Let's get into it. Remember like it was yesterday. In comes this whirlwind, Don Coriel. So see the San Diego Chargers and see spectacular professional football at its best. Into the end zone, Charger fans are witnesses to history! What's up, Bolt Gang, and welcome back to another installment of Bolt History with me, your Charger Chat historian, Mike Maudlin, a.k.a. Supercharger on Twitter. And today we've got our first request for a Bolt History story. It comes to us from Gasman. Thank you for the question, Gasman. It's about... The Chargers versus the Raiders, the rivalry there. Have there been any big games? You know, the uh, have there been any skirmishes among the fans and all that kind of stuff? Well, let me tell you, we've got a lot of information to pass on to you about this because I happened to be around for a lot of them when I was younger. Um, but we're going to start way back in the 60s when the Chargers and the Raiders first started in the AFL. The Chargers beat the Raiders the first six times the teams met and the Chargers beat the Raiders by a lot. In those first three seasons of the AFL, the Raiders were six and eight, two and twelve, and one and thirteen in those games. Then in 1963, the Raiders brought in Chargers assistant coach Al Davis to coach their team as the head coach. Uh, coach Sid Gilman on the Chargers side led the Chargers to an 11 3 record in 1963. And in the AFL championship in 1963, they destroyed the Boston Patriots 51 to 10. Even though the AFL was only four years old at the time, a lot of people believed that the Chargers could beat the Bears, uh, who were the NFL champion that year. We've talked about this before um, with a team that included Lance Allworth and Ron Mix and other Hall of Famers, uh, including Sid Gilman. Uh, however, the Chargers couldn't beat the Raiders in 1963. Thinking that the, the Raiders probably used some inside information that Al Davis had about the Chargers from his first three seasons being an assistant coach with the team, the Raiders handed the Chargers who were five and one at the time, they're a 34 to 33 defeat at Balboa stadium in San Diego. The Raiders had some good stats that year, but probably the most significant statistic was that the Raiders intercepted five passes thrown by San Diego quarterbacks, Tobin wrote and John Hadle. The Chargers and Raiders have had a, a lot of other memorable games, but they met in the playoffs one time in their history together in the 1980 AFC championship game held at Jack Murphy Stadium in San Diego. The Chargers, led by quarterback Dan Fouts, won the AFC West with an 11-5 record that year and beat the Raiders 30-24 in overtime on Fouts' 24-yard touchdown pass to John Jefferson, while the Raiders got even with a 38-24 victory later in the season at Oakland Coliseum. The Raiders also finished 11-5 that year, but with the tiebreaker, that was good for only a wild card spot in the playoffs, and they had to beat the Houston Oilers and the Cleveland Browns in the postseason in order to get another shot at the Chargers. The Chargers were a heavy favorite uh, playing at Jack Murphy Stadium after beating the Buffalo Bills in the first round of the playoffs, divisional round. Still, the Raiders scored first when tight end Raymond Chester caught a deflected pass from Jim Pluckett and went 65 yards for a touchdown in the first quarter. 
The Chargers got even when Char- Fouts hit Charlie Joyner with a 48-yard scoring pass, but the Raiders scored on Plunkett's six-yard run. Chargers rallied, but Chris Bayer, the the Chris Barr, sorry, the Raiders kicker at the time, kicked field goals of 27 and 33 yards in the fourth quarter, and the Raiders held on for a 34-27 victory that longtime members of the Raiders nation rank probably the greatest games in their franchise history. A couple of weeks later, the Raiders became the first wildcard team to win a Super Bowl when they beat the Philadelphia Eagles 27-10, Super Bowl 15. From 1960 to 1969, the AFL days, the Chargers and the Raiders were both original members of the AFL when the league started in 1960. The Chargers moved to San Diego after their first year in Los Angeles, and they played in four of the first five AFL championship games, and they won one. Al Davis, later became the famous Raiders owner, started off as an assistant coach for the Chargers, as we mentioned, uh, until becoming Oakland's head coach in 1963. And under him, the Raiders held a competitive edge over the Chargers from the late 60s to the 1990s, uh, appearing in four Super Bowls, and they won three of them. Now, this is where a lot of the rivalry comes in, is see, is the in the beginning, the Chargers were the powerhouse, and the Raiders were kind of like the Chargers' little brother. The Chargers were just trouncing them. Uh, so they kind of pulled over some of the Chargers staff, including Al Davis and later John Madden. Obviously, John Madden was an assistant at San Diego State, um, but became a coach for for Al Davis as well. So there was always kind of that brother type rivalry, sibling rivalry going on um, because we were just destroying them out of the gate uh, and they had to kind of infiltrate our ranks, steal some people, personnel and stuff to be able to turn the tables on us. And it really wasn't until the mid to late 70s that it really started getting nasty. In 1978, the Raiders beat the Chargers in San Diego with probably the most controversial play of all time. Uh, You've probably heard it called the Holy Roller play. Uh, It was week two of the 1978 season, September 10th, 1978. And the game was at San Diego Stadium. And the Raiders, at the, at the end of the game, trailed the Chargers by six points. There was 10 seconds left in the game. The Raiders had the ball at the Chargers' 14-yard line. The Raiders quarterback, Ken Stabler, who is a lefty, also known as the Snake, took the snap and moved back into the pocket where the Chargers linebacker, Woodrow Lowe, was bearing down on him. And Stabler kept backing up and backing up. Stabler, knowing that if he got tackled, the game was over, he purposely threw the ball forward to fumble it fumbled it forward. He actually kind of did a shuffle pass, shovel pass to no one. The ball lands on the ground with the Raiders running back Pete Banachek dove for it. Um, but knowing that if he was tackled with the ball, also the game would be over and the Raiders would lose. So he also shoveled it forward. He picks it up and he kind of pushes it forward. Then their tight end, Dave Casper, um, goes, he's trying to pick up the ball and it's bouncing all over the place. He went to retrieve it at the five ended up kicking it forward. It lands in the end zone, and then he falls on it himself, and the referees call it a touchdown. So the Raiders won that game by playing soccer, basically, fumbling the ball forward, uh, and then kicking it forward into the end zone where they fell on it for a touchdown. They ended up making the extra point to win the game, and that was uh, that was pretty rough. Uh, the play ultimately ended up in the Chargers met, missing the playoffs, and it caused the NFL to change the rules. Two years later, as we mentioned earlier, the teams both returned to the playoffs and faced each other in the 1980 AFC Championship game. It was an offensive shootout between the Raiders quarterback Jim Plunkett and Chargers quarterback Dan Fouts. 
and it saw the Raiders prevail 34 to 27 en route to winning Super Bowl 15 over the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the only playoff meeting between the Raiders and Chargers ever. I was at that game with my parents. After the game was over, we were making our way out of the stadium when my stepfather had to go to the restroom. So my mom and I were waiting outside of the restroom for him. And coming towards us down the corridor were three very large Raider fans chanting, ha ha, ho ho, you ain't going to the Super Bowl, ha ha, ho ho. In the middle of all this, my mom screams at all three of these guys to STFU, if you know what I'm talking about, family trust respect, shut the f*** up. And the three Raider fans approached my mom, and the largest of them grabbed my mom by the throat, pinned her up against the wall, and proceeded to choke her. Um, Unfortunately, my stepfather was in the restroom, and I was 10 years old, so I didn't really have a fighting chance against three big guys. Um, But fortunately for all of us, the San Diego police were nearby, and they arrested all three of the guys for assault. This ultimately led to my absolute hatred for Raider fans. Family trust respect. Uh, The Raiders temporarily left Oakland for Los Angeles in 1982, and this also contributed to the rivalry. Uh, One of the the really unfortunate things about the Raiders moving to Los Angeles is that it's so close to San Diego that you would get Raider fans coming down from Los Angeles who didn't even have tickets to the game. They just came down to the tailgates to disrupt them, to cause trouble, to instigate fights. Uh, We had one time where we were tailgating There was a group of probably eight to 10 of us circled around just uh, hanging out and a Molotov cocktail landed right in the middle of us, thrown by a Raider fan from a moving vehicle, of course, because they're too cowardly to just stand there and throw it. Um, So we got drive-by Molotov cocktail by Raider fans in the 80s. As I said, I saw my mom get choked out by Raider fans. Um, You name it, like uh, there's uh, videos out there. In 2001, a Raider fan got five years in prison for stabbing a Chargers fan in the, in Jack, or sorry, it was Qualcomm at the time. There's been all kinds of stuff going on, but uh, one of the ugliest games in the team's rivalry occurred in 1998. Chargers rookie quarterback, Ryan Leaf completed just seven of 18 passes for 78 yards and three interceptions. The Raiders didn't fare much better though on offense. Uh, Their backup quarterback, Wade Wilson passed for 68 yard touchdown, but that was his only completion of the day. In the end, both teams benched their starting quarterbacks, and the Raiders barely won 7-6. to six. That game set an NFL record for the most punts in a game. And though the Raiders had largely dominated the series for much of the later 20th century, the Chargers amassed a 13-game winning streak from 2003 to 2009. Shortly after the Raiders' appearance in 30, Super Bowl 37 and their subsequent collapse, we beat them 13 times in a row. One of these losses saw Oakland squander a 15-point lead uh, at halftime to to lose 28-18, leading up to the firing of head coach Lane Kiffin that year following that particular game. The Raiders would finally end the losing streak in 2010, defeating the Chargers 35-27 with two block punts, two second-half scoring drives led by quarterback Jason Campbell, and a Phillip Rivers fumble returned by Tyvon Branch for the Raiders game-clinching touchdown. In 2012, an entire section of Qualcomm Stadium was cleared out by police during the season finale. There were so many fans fighting that they had to clear out an entire section of the stadium. In 2013, the first Raiders-Chargers game uh, was delayed due to an Athletics postseason game in the previous evening, uh, kicking off at 8.35 p.m. Pacific time, 
the latest kickoff time in NFL history. The Raiders won 27 to 17 with a strong performance by quarterback Terrell Pryor, a fumble who later became a wide receiver, a fumble return touchdown by Charles Woodson and five San Diego turnovers. San Diego won the second game that year, however, uh, keeping its playoffs hope alive, playoff hopes alive with a 26-13 win. Following the 2015 season, the Raiders and Chargers both proposed to move back to Los Angeles despite their storied rivalry, announcing a, a shared stadium proposal in Carson, California. However, the proposal was rejected by NFL owners in favor of the St. Louis Rams proposal to move back to Los Angeles, with the Chargers first being offered a one-year window to accept the chance to share the Rams stadium and the Raiders received the offer should the Chargers decline. On January 12, 2017, Chargers owner Dean Spanos announced his intention to join the Rams in Los Angeles and leave San Diego to play at SoFi, ultimately leading Rams owner Mark Davis to accept a deal to move his team to Las Vegas to play at Allegiant Stadium. And from 2020 to present, post-relocation, the Chargers' first home game in the series at the newly built SoFi Stadium featured a notable final play. Down 31-26, Chargers rookie back quarterback Justin Herbert threw a pass to Donald Parham that was initially ruled a touchdown, but was later overturned after a review as Raiders cornerback Isaiah Johnson was barely seen jarring ball loose from Parham's hands as he fell out of bounds. The call resulted in the Raiders holding on to win. Now, one of the uh, final things I'll mention about this particular rivalry that's different from any other rivalry in sports is the fact that when they were still in San Diego, the local bail bondsman, King Stallman's Bail Bonds, and they produced a commercial that showed residents locking their doors, securing their fences, shutting their shutters to their houses, and, and you name it, uh, to avoid uh, having to deal with Raider fans. And the tagline at the end is, not everybody is excited that Raider Week is here, but we are King Stallman's Bail Bonds. That should show you how often Raider fans got arrested in San Diego attending games. Um, and again, the reason why this rivalry is much different than other NFL teams is because I don't know of any other fan base that has stabbed another fan base, choked another fan base, had bail bondsmen create commercials about that fan base. Uh, you just don't see it. It always is Raider jerseys. Well, with that said, as always, stay bolted. Okay, love you. Bye. It's better to know me and not need me than to need me. And not know me, King Stalm and Bail Bond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well done. What? If I ever get arrested, I'm calling the king. <laughs> the king Stalm and Bail Bond. <laughs> yeah. That's the only jingle that will come to mind for sure. Holy oh, jeez. Well, uh, so those are some crazy stories there, Mike. I, I'm scary. That, that is frightening. Yeah, I can't it, imagine. I remember when we had season tickets at Qualcomm, my dad would not let us go to Raider. No, games. we went take, once. We sell our tickets. We went once or twice, and it was like he just, our dad didn't want us to be subject well, to that stuff. Think about yourself as a dad taking your two young kids. What if a Raider fan comes and does something to you? And you're, what are you going to do? You, you, you have yeah. two little kids with you. You, know? right. like well, you don't you, want them to see that. You know what we're like. All the Everyone listening knows what Kyle and I are like. We learned this from somebody. So and Apple didn't fall. Far. No, Dave, you're probably getting in a fight with Dave for sure. And how is he going <laughs> to protect a 10 and, you know, six year old? It's just not realistic. All right. Good. Nice try with the math, but I'm six years younger than you. Ten and four. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. See, I think of you as like an older brother kind of vibe. Like, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the stories of 
just the fans just going at each other, like just violent. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Like that's the where violence. The, you got to be careful. Like it's all it, right. for a lot of us. It's all fun and games and like arguments and like getting in people's faces. Right. But I I've seen it before with Raider fans specifically. Like it, it just escalates, it escalates so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Next thing you know, there's like somebody's getting sucker punched. Right. So it's just right. like when you you know talk talk your game, have fun, but just be aware that like you know we're better people. We don't need to do that. Right. And just be just be careful. We don't right. want anyone, any Bolt fam to get hurt. Yeah. No. At the end of the day, you're not on the team. You're not a Charger, and you have no equity or financial gain, and there's no need. But to if you fight say anyone. Derek Carr is better than Justin Herbert one more time. <laughs> Get, get me my Molotov. <laughs> Light it, mom. Light it. Mom. Mom the meatloaf. <laughs> get the Molotov, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just keep it shamelessly positive, folks. Where everybody's yeah. there to have it's a good sorry time. Sorry you went through and at that. At the same time, yeah, sorry, sorry you went through that. Mike, that sucks. Yeah. At the same time, FTR. Yeah, that's right. FTR. FTR. Every, every day. Um, family trust respect folks uh, alright well I think that's gonna do it for this episode this was a wild one and uh, we went we went wow. places <laughs> guys next week guess what we're gonna have a new we, we're gonna have we some new players anymore. we're gonna have some new no, players one, we're, we're gonna have, have some one more episode names. and so we don't have to do this anymore that's right draft. <laughs> that's Woo! all you're looking forward to I love it can't wait <laughs> alright gang well we'll see you on Tuesday uh, that's going to do it for us this episode. Don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad, any place. I love you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye. And congratulations. Snap. Congrats. Snappies. Congratulations. Let's go out. You. Sna- let's go out. Snapping. Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.